0: Hey there, it's Kelly from ZinniMe. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinnime.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode.
1: Welcome to Starting a Counseling Practice. We are bringing you an encore presentation of our Marketing Masterclass Recession Edition. Therapists from around the country, around the world, five different continents, came together to do this training live, and they told us that it absolutely transformed their practices, gave them skills that they could use in their sessions that same day, and it is already transforming their marketing and the clients they're attracting. So we're bringing it here with you for the next four days. Enjoy, and let us know how you you like it
0: hey everyone welcome oh what would it mean for you to have confidence and clarity as a private practice owner as you steer your business through the challenges we are facing as a global community the challenges of 2020 in fact what would it mean if that confidence and clarity led you to taking action in your business through marketing ethically and responsibly, so you can continue to serve the people who need you most. Ultimately, that's why you went to school, right? And go deep down into your passion for helping people. Who here, we wanna see, we see so many of you, who here went into your profession because you really, truly, deeply care about helping people, making a lasting change in their lives, pandemic, recession, or not? Let us know, type in the chat box we want to see. I, Miranda and I, before we got on here, we're just floored. We have well over 26 states. I'm sure I missed a few in there. We've got the UK, Mexico, Canada, South Africa. I look you guys are impressive. Like, <laughs> we, wow, are so, so honored that you are here with your time and attention in this four-part marketing masterclass. This is our recession edition. We didn't know we'd be doing these different editions this year, but here we are and we are so thrilled to be here, really. We're gonna teach you the first step in creating an ethical and effective marketing plan today. And it's probably not what you think. I love seeing this chat. Oh, okay. We know you're here because you want direction change and you want a clear step-by-step action plan, right? So you can, take that you can take action right now in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of civil unrest, in the midst of a recession. So whether you're about to start a practice or growing your practice, you're already successful or you're in group practice, you're here because you want to have a practice where you not only get the phone ringing and people email you, but you want to see clients and get great outcomes, yes? great outcomes while you continue to make an income that sustains a really good life for you. In this masterclass, we're going to break down what you need into three steps, and each step will be applicable to you. Plus, the solutions we talk about in this series aren't just to get you doing busy work. It's going to help you cut the amount of time you're working on your business instead of in it so you can use your time living and enjoying your life. I'm Kelly Higdon, by the way.
1: And I'm Miranda Palmer, and we are two therapists who built Cash Pay private practice during the last Great Recession. And together, we've been helping therapists across the world to build practices they love, getting real transformational results since 2010. This is the first in that series of four trainings, and we'll be teaching you how to create an ethical marketing plan for your private practice that gets the phone ringing from people who need you and what you offer, especially right now. We love to see all of you here who care about, like truly care about helping people. And we're here to help you create a sustainable private practice that can weather any storm figuratively and literally. To make sure we don't have any laggy connections, right? We're all dealing with lots more people at home. um, And so we can focus on all of you. We're gonna turn off our cameras, go dark on the cameras while we dig into some of the best materials we've ever presented for free, CE eligible, all that good stuff. And um, we'll turn on our cameras at the end for some Q&A. So don't think that something went wrong because our cameras went off, okay? Um, So we've helped therapists create solid businesses that make it through hurricanes, illnesses, the recession, and other catastrophes, because now more than ever, when our communities are in crisis, they need mental health care. This is the time where they need support in managing the stress around them. They need your expertise. So many of you have reached out about fears and uncertainty about what the future holds, asking if their practice can even expect to continue through not only the pandemic, but this recession as well. What does that mean for your fee? How do you do this without seeming like you are taking advantage of people in an economic crisis? Having worked with so many therapists during this time, we have a lot of insight into what has and hasn't changed for marketing during this global pandemic. When this passes, and it will, we want you to come out of this as a stronger, more visible business than ever before. So the lessons that you learn here will be long lasting. You're here to create a sustainable business that can present, can be present for the needs of your communities during this time and beyond. We want that for you, your clients and your future clients want that for you. And we respect that's why you're here too. Are you ready? To help people who need you right now to be a light of hope to your communities and a place of refuge service and healing let us know in the chat box we're inspired and energized by each of you we do these trainings live because we've seen over and over again that we're bringing together people in community to fast forward growth check it out so the kind of uncertainty we're facing in this very moment is unprecedented The fear, legit concerns, and worries avoid. You feel it from your clients, your friends, your family. Who here is feeling all the things right now? And when those feelings come up, our gut gets confused, our vision gets clouded, and we can lose sight of where we're headed, especially when there are unknowns. Because we dig in deep. We want to address this first because we see it impacting all of you so much. At some point in the distant or not so distant past, you decided that you wanted to help people. You wanted to take people on a journey of change and growth and transformation. Take a moment and close your eyes right now if it's safe to do so. Take a nice deep breath. And another. And think about the moment that you knew you wanted to do this. Maybe there were a few moments in your life where you knew that you were supposed to do this work. Bring up one of those moments. One of those moments that you can feel deep down throughout your body. Where were you? Who were you with? What were you wearing? What visuals stand out to you? What was said? Bring up that moment in as much detail as you can and just breathe it in. Now notice what you feel right now when you think about that moment in history. How does your body feel right now? Your skin, your heart rate, What do you notice about your breath? Let that feeling seep into your body. Now take a moment, breathe it in, and open your eyes when you're ready. Now, more than ever, that spot in your body, that knowing, through this process of business and marketing, you cannot let it go. When you drop into the truth of who you are and what you were meant for, you will be able to take action. Maybe you weren't like me telling people you wanted to be a psychologist when you were five years old, but at some point you knew. You started to imagine what life would look like, how your office, the kind of clients you would see. I imagined that I'd be able to deeply help people and I'd be able to pick my kid up from school every day and be present, something I didn't get growing up. I imagined that I'd be able to make a decent living and maybe even a hundred thousand dollar house. Pay. Like that was like the, the dream. I started grad school and a job at a nonprofit doing counseling within a month of each other, and I knew I was on my path. Yes, I had to let go of my great paying job with benefits and seniority for cut and pay, but it would all be worth it. And then it started. The trial by fire, that first six months, I remember coming home at the end of the day, just curled up in the fetal position on my bed because I couldn't share. It's all confidential, it's private. So I just held it in. I worked 32 hours a week at the nonprofit, went to school full time, and I felt lucky at getting paid $16 an hour as a supervisor of a program. I often scheduled 28 to 30 clients a week, And my lunch breaks happened when people no-showed or late-cancelled. I counted on no-shows for food. And on days when the stars aligned and everyone showed up, I just didn't eat. Is it surprising that I started experiencing burnout before I ever graduated? Is it shocking that I was going into debt while in grad school even living simply? Crazy caseloads, burnout supervisors, ethical binds, whistleblowing, suicidal clients, agency lockdowns, Suicides, overworked colleagues, checked out clinical supervisors, crazy making paperwork, and convoluted board requirements. My experiences before and after licensure while working for nonprofits, agencies, universities, and in county positions were that I was supposed to be overworked and burnt out. That was the norm. Did anyone else have an experience like mine? Is it any wonder that when we move into private practice, it feels normal to us if we're overworked, overwhelmed, burnout, and clinically unfulfilled? We are primed to have low expectations, and even those are often not met.
0: I just want to, before we continue, I notice a lot of you saying, like, there's sound issues or the video is stopping. You can always hit refresh, and that should help, OK? and you can try your phone if, um, if sometimes desktop doesn't work for some people, if they don't have the right browser and things. Okay. <laughs> I think a lot of times, that's my original headshot, you guys, <laughs> for my first <laughs> practice website. Oh, uh, it looked like a baby. Um, practice was going to be the magic answer. I thought you set your own schedule, you decide what clients you do and don't see, you make decisions, that you can finally have a boss that fully attends to your needs so you feel supported and do your best work with clients. Unless the boss is the hardest boss you've ever had, with the highest expectations you've ever had placed upon you. When I started, my private practice it truly was my last ditch effort to decide if this was something i even wanted to continue doing i felt really unsatisfied with my work in the county and i was burned out on reviewing charts and adhering to medi and medicare um, documentation standards and implementing unreasonable requirements on my staff with ridiculous caseload sizes of hundreds of people and it felt like bureaucracy always came first over people and that wasn't why i got into this field So my answer, my solution was to try private practice in the middle of a recession, no less. It was going to tell me if this was my calling. I wanted it to affirm my next step in my career. No pressure, right? (laughs) How often do we demand these things of our business? Can you relate? And so if I was going to do this private practice thing, I was going to do it right, in quotes. (laughs) I laugh at it now because what I teach is about how right is never an exact process applied across the board. But instead, it's this dance between what is best for you, your life and your health, as well as what's best for the clients. But back then, I wanted to be sure to avoid mistakes in business that I could as much as I could. And after all, I had a lot riding on this decision to start a business. It was either this or go back to school and change my career. And that kind of pressure came from nowhere but me. I guess you could also say it was some like generational trauma kind of pressure too. But I set the pace, the workload and the schedule and I dive into full on workaholism. Staying busy, anxious, driven, building a practice that would never seem to stop meeting my attention. And honestly, if my clients saw me and how I worked, they wouldn't have recognized me. They'd be confused because the image of the person in the room with them was totally different than the person who is working on the business. Don't get me wrong. I loved my practice. I love my time with clients. But I didn't love that I was choosing to sacrifice my health and mental well-being to get there. And I've talked to thousands of therapists, and many are like me, working hard and pushing, and I just want to say that I get it. Um, So it's been a personal mission of mine to heal the parts that are harsh and unreasonable and to become a leader with compassion. And it's why we are here to help you avoid a lot of the overworking, especially right now. You cannot afford... In the midst of everything that's going on to overwork and sustain your health and well-being during this challenging time, it's time to get down to what matters most and to simplify your business so it continues to sustain you and care for your clients. So where does all the time go? You spend hours learning how to get your practice full, whatever that means. All the blogs, podcasts, webinars give you more lists, more to do's and it feels like it's never ending. And you could spend a hundred hours a week and still not remotely do all of those things that everyone seems to think are essential to having a successful business. And then if you finally hit your stride, figure out your marketing and people get in, You might realize there isn't enough time for food, breaks, bathroom, water, taking notes, marketing, bookkeeping, and all the things you need to run the business. Maybe you even realize you don't have enough income to pay taxes, put aside money for retirement, and all the rest of it. So even though you're already tapped, you start researching multiple streams of income and passive income, hoping to find some magical way to make all the numbers work, only to find there's no magical passive way to bring in income with the time you don't have. The phone rings, you talk to the person, and some part of you says, this is not a good fit. But you got to take what you can get, right? And if they can't pay your full fee, you can slide down and negotiate because something is better than nothing. Stress keeps rising, self-care keeps declining, and you are slowly starting to resent this work. Then you throw in a global pandemic in the mix, which we've been watching, what, for six months now, I think, or longer? It catapults the world into economic uncertainty. And when you are trying to give your eyeballs a break between sessions on the screen, you might be recognizing the pace that you had before was already challenging, but with all that's going on, it's definitely not doable. And the money issues that you've always had become even more prominent, making you consider whether you should even be charging for your services right now. We've seen that a lot of you feel guilty for charging during this time. But before all that happened in 2020, you were starting to probably resent your passion and calling already. And it's not okay. You fast forward in your mind, three, five, 10 years, and everything keeps going this direction. You're going to have a chronic back condition. Your body is going to respond in a way that is not good for you. And you're going to feel like a husk of a human, or one of those burnt out angry therapists that makes you cringe.
1: What you dreamed of when you decided to be a therapist in private practice is not what you're living on a daily basis. You thought about being a therapist. You thought you'd be seeing clients, a so transformation, ending sessions, feeling good about the work, going to trainings and building on your skills. You might be doing some marketing, but really you thought the majority of your time at work would be spent on your craft, the art of therapy. You wanted to make a difference in the world and do work that had a pace, a way of living that allowed ease in your life. But the truth is, the more successful you get, the more calls, the more clients, the more work you have to do. Little did you know, you're going to be a bookkeeper, a medical biller, an assistant and scheduler, a marketer, a financial planner, essentially juggling managing the business while still trying to do therapy, and your time is getting squeezed. And while your attention is pulled in a million different directions, you start to doubt, is this worth it? Is this helpful? Am I really making a difference? Through our own practices, through consulting thousands of therapists, we decide the answer to what makes a private practice truly successful, happy, and as full as you want it, whether you're solo, part-time, full-time, or or in group practice. And guess what? The answer is not just replicating what you see the people around you doing, even now in the midst of the pandemic. Helpers and therapists are the worst paid master's degree and at risk for burnout. much higher than others odds are if you just copy what someone else is doing you're going to end up overworked underpaid and burnt out it doesn't take you doing all the things to make your life or your business better seeing more clients isn't the answer to making more money either today we're going to talk about the one thing you can start with this week today that can be the difference between a busy to-do list of marketing strategies and a cohesive plan that will change your profitability and your satisfaction without working yourself into the ground. This will take no additional time in your work if you're seeing clients. And I know that's hard to imagine, right? <laughs> okay, maybe you might spend, you know, 30 minutes prepping yourself or up for the activity and sharing what happened if you want to enter our bonus Amazon gift card giveaway. but seriously, it's going to be minimal time even if you go the extra mile.
0: Just a little caveat, we have homeschool happening in the background too. (laughs) So if you hear a child, that would be why. We know that there are a lot of you out there who are walking around feeling like an imposter or at least lack of confidence. You do your sessions, you talk to people about your practice, but in the back of the mind, you're burning with shame about all the things that aren't getting done. Maybe you're doing your best in the therapy room, but there's a little voice that makes you wonder if you're good enough. You find it, though. You tell yourself, this is success, but deep down you aren't so sure. But you've been carrying on in your business, hoping it'll all work out. But this lack of confidence and clarity about who you are and what makes you unique, it's impacted everything, even without you knowing. So we've also seen a lot of therapists this These past few months doubt themselves as they as they transition to virtual work. I have to say our field is amazing. Within about a week to two weeks time, I'd say the majority of all of you move to virtual practices. We are amazing. But people didn't always feel confident about helping others in this way, even when the research and evidence shows that virtual therapy is effective. And we know that good outcomes in the therapy room, virtual or in office, listen to this, come from a therapist's ability to build a trusting relationship with the client. That attunement is what is necessary for change to happen, not your license type or your intervention style. But how you attune is going to be different across the board. Your style and approach is uniquely yours. But too often, when we don't know if we're enough, when we don't know how we specifically impact our clients, we don't know how to speak to it in our marketing. So we don't know how to align our business practices with our strengths, and we become neutral and kind of a carbon copy of other therapists. We don't build a practice that works for us and our clients, and it's stop time to stop minimizing our greatness. You guys agree? Are you really clear about the outcomes you facilitate in your work? We aren't saying that you are the only reason someone gets better, okay? We know this. The relationship that you have with your clients is where the transformation happens. It takes both of you. But how you approach those relationships is something you do differently than your colleagues. You might be wondering why we're asking about your outcomes when you want to know about the marketing plan you should implement, what your fee should be. and all the nuts and bolts of building a business. And while we teach those things in our boot camp and we'll cover some marketing stuff in this masterclass, you need to understand why you need to know your outcomes. Your clients, you, and the clinical work are the foundation of everything. Let's repeat that. Your clients, you, and your clinical work are the foundation of everything. Every decision you make in your business should support you, your clients, and your outcomes. In fact, every decision you do or do not make in your business impacts you, your clients, and your outcomes, whether you realize it or not. So we've helped over 1,200 therapists align their practices in our Business School Bootcamp for Therapists and our bootcampers are constantly delighted when they realize that everything we ask them to do doesn't just help their bottom line It's about enhancing their outcomes with clients Did you guys agree who here is committed to have an exemplary private practice that gets consistently great outcomes? And that confidently refers people out when you don't If you agree, I want you to type I am committed to being an awesome therapist. And awesome is not just, I'm a great person. This is about a commitment to outcomes that that ripple into our communities. Yes, I love it. Your
1: private practice foundation is based on helping people change and develop. If your practice isn't doing that, no matter how many clients you have calling, calling you or how much money you have in the bank account, you're not going to feel good in your soul about what you're doing. You got into this work to change lives. Scott Miller has some of the most thorough research out there about why some therapists consistently get better outcomes than others. And it isn't years of experience or hours of training, age, gender, or certifications. It boils down to therapists being focused on improving and doing it in a consistent way. If anyone in here is practicing feedback-informed treatment using the SRS or ORS or tracking outcomes, share how it's impacted your practice and clinical outcomes in the chat. We want to hear from you. Scott Miller says, quote, Super Shrinks, our own research shows, are exquisitely attuned to the vicissitudes of client engagement and what amounts to a quantum difference between themselves and average therapists, they're much more likely to ask for and receive negative feedback about the quality of the work and their contribution to the Alliance. We've now confirmed this finding in numerous independent samples of practitioners working in diverse settings with a wide range of presenting problems. The best clinicians, those falling in the top 25% of treatment outcomes, consistently achieve lower scores on standardized alliance measures at the outside of therapy, perhaps because they're more persistent or more believable when ensuring clients that they want honest answers, enabling them to address potential problems in the working relationship. Median therapists, by contrast, commonly receive negative feedback later in treatment at a time when clients have already disengaged and are at heightened risk for dropping out. End quote. So, Based on those decades of research about what makes some therapists great and get consistently better outcomes, he teaches the following. One, determine your baseline level of effectiveness. Two, you engage in deliberate practice. And three, you get feedback that depends on and is informed by the others, working in tandem to create this cycle of excellence. Not to oversimplify, but just by really asking your clients how they're doing in therapy how things are going and making it truly safe for them to respond honestly, your outcomes overall will improve, even if initially that feedback is negative. How crazy is that? The Journal of Brief Therapy found that providing therapists with real-time feedback improved, uh, real-time feedback, pardon me, improved outcomes nearly 65%. Who here would feel really great about owning a private practice That got 65% better outcomes than the status quo. Wow! We've asked thousands of therapists what they excel at. What do they do? Who do they do great work with? Or even how they work? And have had thousands of therapists look at us blankly or heard long, extended silences over the phone. If you struggle to define what you do, how you're different from the rest of therapists, or where your magic is, you are not alone. But if you don't understand what you do well and how you work, how can you truly give informed consent to your clients? Informed consent isn't there just for some legal jargon or a checkbox item to satisfy some board somewhere. It's there so you can prepare your clients and convey what you know, building trust. I got invited to a breathwork class several months ago. A few friends who were growth-minded said it was amazing and, I, and to just go. I'd been to meditation and guided imagery classes, Wim Hof breathing classes, yoga, etc. I thought I knew what to expect. And then I was lying on a mat with 20 people surrounding me and people were wailing and crying and screaming and yelling. I was just thinking, what the heck? Why didn't anyone warn me? Why didn't they give me a heads up? It's not that the class was bad, but for me, it was less beneficial because I wasn't prepared for the experience. I didn't have informed consent. Or what about that time that Kelly went to a brain spotting therapist? I I have to laugh, I'm so sorry. And you didn't warn her (laughs) that there would be a a talking parrot sitting in on her virtual sessions, guys. A talking (laughs) parrot. (laughs) Your (laughs) Your clients don't know anything about therapy with you. They may know what they've seen on television right? That's real accurate. Or what they experienced from another therapist. But there is a lot of variability in our field. A lot. Like so much. We need to know how we get great outcomes so we can design a business and processes that support those outcomes. We need to know what we need from our clients so that we can prepare them to provide that. And our clients deserve to know what the expectations are. And even if you were confident about how to describe this work when you were seeing people face-to-face, many of our practices have been turned upside down, and we need to recenter, regroup, and get clear about what things look like right now.
0: So outcomes can tell you things like how frequently your client needs to come in to get great results. It can tell you how long of a session is ideal for optimal outcomes, and that's going to be different amongst all of you. It could be more frequent shorter sessions or longer sessions or more condensed intensive work. It's gonna tell you what kind of homework or out of therapy work needs to be done to get great results. Um, It will tell you how your clients experience you and what interventions make the biggest impact. The average length of time it takes people to reach the transformation they desire, how best to prepare clients for virtual sessions, Um, whether clients get better outcomes from shorter, more frequent online sessions or longer ones. And remember, it's been shown to increase outcomes by as much as 65 percent to ask for and integrate feedback into treatment. That is a win, win, win. Right. But what does all this have to do with filling your practice with private pay clients? Right. I thought we're here for marketing or getting the phone ringing or filling up. The clinicians that work for you in a group practice it has everything to do with it marketing your practice during this global crisis and still creating a sustainable full practice that truly makes you happy requires that you attract the right clients that you and your employees can get great outcomes with that you retain them Until those outcomes are reached and refer out people who aren't getting great outcomes and that you're attracting clients that you and your employees are happy to work with. Ask yourself if a client isn't getting great outcomes, how likely are they to refer to you? How likely are you to get a referral from that same client's psychiatrist, partner, parent when they see that client of yours is not getting great outcomes? If your clients aren't getting great outcomes, how energized will you be to market your practice and how do you speak to what to expect in your informed consent and in your marketing? How does it impact the client when they stop therapy before they make progress? And what does all of this do to mental health stigma? How do you feel when someone drops out of practice before they make progress? Do you realize that if half of your clients that you attract to your practice stay a third of the time of your normal because they aren't the right fit for your practice, that you need to do more marketing and work harder to build your practice? Do you realize it takes way more time to onboard a new client than to retain and finish up therapy with a current one? Do you realize that you save yourself so much time and energy and stress just by bringing in the right clients, getting them great outcomes and making sure they complete treatment? It's also harder for clients to try therapy again after it didn't work the first time. It can perpetuate the belief that therapy doesn't work, which we all know that's not true. (laughs) Imagine the energy spent by the client when things aren't working right. This does not mean you have to be perfect, okay? I am not. This does not mean that your ideal client won't require hard work from you and that you won't be doing deep work. But your wheelhouse for hard work is different from mine, and that is how it's supposed to be. I love working with spiritual crisis and divorce. You may not like that at all, and that is okay. So tomorrow we're gonna show you how to let your outcomes transform your marketing so your marketing can transform your outcomes. It's a beautiful dance they play together. Marketing is about instilling hope and getting the right people to call you excited to schedule with you. Marketing is about meeting your clients where they're at and using their language and moving them through those stages of change. Marketing is even about screening out or repelling clients that are not a good fit for you. This does not change in a pandemic. This does not change in a recession. This does not change in a hurricane or civil unrest. These principles are long-lasting. If you love doing cognitive behavioral therapy with lots of homework and activities, you don't want to get someone that just wants deep existential conversations that won't ever dig into those handouts. And if you do psychoanalysis, you don't want to attract someone who expects to get handouts or only wants to do brain spotting or EMDR. Understanding your outcomes is the first step in this process. And while we could talk about this in general terms, we'd rather challenge you awesome therapists that showed up for this masterclass to actually get out there and start having these powerful powerful conversations. And tomorrow, we will teach you how to delve in and transform those conversations into a marketing message that gets the right clients calling your practice.
1: But how do you actually do it? Many of us were taught this process for tracking outcomes that involve surveys, Excel spreadsheets, or lots of paperwork with rulers. While all of that can be great, let's get real about how simple and client-centered integrating outcomes into your practice can truly be. We're gonna teach you a process today that does not require you to survey people who've already graduated, format and print out a form and that won't detract from the clinical work you're doing and that your clients will love and that will make complete sense right in first time, right? Who wants to learn a simple, easy, impactful way to do outcomes work with clients that they can implement in their very next session with clients like today? Say yes in the chat box. Remember to fill feel, feel your practice with ideal clients you love. It isn't about doing more. It's about leveraging what you already do that is great and that is working. We're going to show you how to have an outcome conversation step by step with your clients. And after this webinar, we're gonna give you a script to tailor to implement what we're teaching today. And when you implement it and post in the community, you'll be entered to win an Amazon gift card at tomorrow's training, right? Who wants to be rewarded for doing things that improve their business and improve their clinical outcomes, right? Like kind of get a yeah yeah to that. Beginning of your next session with each of your clients, you're gonna have an outcomes conversation. This isn't a quick check-in, how is therapy going, two-minute kind of talk. This is specific questions that will allow you to better understand the outcomes you provide in therapy, as well as opportunities for growth and change in the therapeutic process and alliance with your clients. Be sure to document what you talked about. It's one thing to listen, it's another one to write it down, and it's another to go back and review, really take it in. This is how we hold on to the outcomes we provide. If we relied on our memory alone, I don't know about you, but my memory can skew a lot of things. Write down the specific words and phrases your clients use whenever possible. After you have these conversations, you can go back to the notes and find patterns and themes. You can also schedule to follow up in two to three months to revisit the conversation again.
0: So as you ask these questions, this is not an interview. It's a dialogue of shared experience. We want you to also share your thoughts and concerns too, and imagine how much trust can be built when you're honest about your experience as well. This is an amazing time to share in the celebration of the progress your client has made, and to dig into creating hope for the areas that still need attention. This conversation helps to bring awareness of the progress that's been made by your client that you may not even be fully aware of. Have you ever had that happen? Right? It can also, and should bring awareness to the areas that are stuck that need attention and the stuff that has not been coming up, dig and probe enough to make sure you're getting deeper and really showing your client that you want can accept and can integrate negative feedback. It's even more important now that we are in telehealth, right? And if clients can't give feedback to you, that is also a clinical issue that needs to be addressed. We need that kind of trust. So you're going to have this conversation and with your clients. And remember, you'll have a download of this in our classroom so you can use this in session even if you use SRS and ORS we encourage you to have the, this conversation with a client today before you even come to the next class so some of the things you're going to ask when you first came into therapy do you remember what you were going through and what it felt like to call a therapist do you remember what in particular you were expecting when you found me and came into your first session? Do you recall fe- what, what do you recall feeling during and immediately after that first session? What has changed for you since we've been in therapy together? What has it been like to come to therapy and be in this room together? What has been the most helpful part of therapy? What has been your least favorite part of therapy? Has there been a time when you tried to tell me something and I missed it, or you didn't feel fully heard or supported? Is there something you wish we could change about therapy? Is there something I can do better to help you? Looking forward, Miranda, can you mute? What would you need to change for you to know that you were ready to graduate? Now, because we are in the midst of a pandemic, we want to add a few discussion points for you and also as we face this recession. This again, you can get these questions in the classroom, okay? There's a download. So there's like a whole worksheet. You You don't have to copy the slide. Because of everything that's going on, here are some things to continue to ask, and these questions are always to the benefit of the therapeutic relationship, and it will give you more insight into how to communicate to your ideal clients during this time in a way that meets them where they're at. What does a typical day look like for you right now? What are your biggest pandemic or recession-related concerns? Where are you getting your news and information right now? What social media platforms are you using and how much time are you spending on each of them per day? Where are you getting your laughs from right now? What do you need more of in your life right now? And what are you most looking forward to once physical distancing is over? So when you do this conversation, you're going to write down the answers as part of their clinical notes and develop a plan with the client using your best clinical judgment to help them reach their goals the questions you are asking during this pandemic will be rich with information you can integrate into your interventions with your clients as well as information for your messaging and moving forward so Uh, we'll put the link to the classroom where all of this is at um, for you to download. So, have they been coming in consistently? Do you get better outcomes working with clients weekly? Look at recommitting to weekly therapy for eight weeks and track progress towards goals over those eight weeks and see if things get unstuck. Is there an area they really want to address but keeps getting put on the back burner? Develop a plan to move out of crisis mode or hold them accountable to not avoid the topic during sessions. We want you to be responding to the feedback and to know and remember that you know how to do great therapy. Do they need more frequent therapy but can't afford it? Refer them out to someone who works with their budget. (laughs) Now is not the time to assume and slide your feet all over the place. Please stop assuming. Now is the time to step up and serve, holding to the work you do best and referring out when it's clinically appropriate. Are they ready to terminate, but they're afraid to say goodbye? Then do four weekly sessions focusing on the fear of goodbye and leaving therapy and then terminate them. Are you both stuck? Schedule clinical consultation and take this information in to create a plan with some outside perspective. Pandemic or no pandemic, recession or no recession, Whatever we are facing, we want to make sure our clients are progressing and getting what they need. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. It's okay if the focus of therapy is shifted right now, as long as it really makes sense for both you and the client.
1: Is one conversation going to change my practice, fill it up, generate more income, make me happier? Yes. (laughs) Yes. This conversation is the first step in a full practice and a happy life. That's a strong statement. We both know it is. But as a therapist who's taught masters level provided supervision clinical consultation who's worked with thousands of therapists from all over the world and someone who's delved into the research i stand behind it if you want to have a practice that's full happy and doing great work this is where you start every single time this conversation is powerful to you to your clients and to your business at its core your business is a change and helping Kelsey is a child therapist who specializes with anxious angry kids. And she has this about to say about integrating outcomes work. I love outcomes and use feedback-informed treatment, I integrate these scores into every session, and I'll have conversations with parents and clients at least once every two months, unless there are concerns about progress or making sure we're on the right track. It can be uncomfortable to use the session rate scale at first feedback when you thought the session went well, but that's why it's so important to incorporate it. You can catch things you didn't even know about, which decreases the dropout rate. We agonized for months about what to teach in this masterclass. What would be worth literally thousands of therapists from all over the all over the world taking the time, busy souls, to watch this? We have tens of thousands of therapists on our list. What is worth even sending them an email to invite them to when their inboxes are already overloaded? And it came down what do we see truly consistently changing the lives of therapists that we work with, and helps them move to the other side? What activity would we want to reward therapists for doing that would have the biggest impact on our professional goal? What would be a win-win-win, give clients a better experience, make us happier and make more stable businesses? We believe in this profession, we know it changes lives, but also know there's work to do that we can, as a community, improve. This is so important. We're asking you to implement this after this call in your very next session. Please don't wait. Don't wait until you can memorize the questions. Don't wait until next week when you start fresh. Don't wait until you've agonized over the perfect way to ask questions or bring up the conversation. Don't wait, you've seen the client for, and don't wait until the client tells you they don't wanna continue or they stop coming to your office altogether or they ghost you unless there's a crisis that takes priority, right? Our assessment of the situation has not changed with the pandemic recession. And in fact, with all the changes happening right now, it's more important than ever to be digging into what is and isn't working and delving into these conversations with our clients. We have weeks or months and years (laughs) left in this current situation. Nobody really knows how long all of this will last and we need to ensure providing the best outcomes possible.
0: So having this conversation is what will inform all the changes you're going to make on your website, your directory listing, how you talk to people on the phone, what you say when you're at a networking meeting, and how you handle working with your clients. So this is one of those conversations that changes the clinical work and your business. This simple conversation takes no additional time. You're already in session with the client and will only benefit that relationship. The conversation is a powerful part of your treatment plan. So what if you are a group practice owner and you're already full to the brim and need to learn how to fill up your employees? We want you to start by practicing this conversation yourself and notice the data you get and practice this for you so you can replicate it for your employees once you get comfortable with it. Have them watch this webinar. Um, But what if you have a group practice and you aren't seeing clients yourself? Then sit down with at least one of your clinicians today and ask them to do this. Maybe pay them their admin rate to watch this training. And what if you aren't seeing clients right now at all right some of you are like i haven't even started or um i'm just out of school or you're in between jobs um or you don't have a session before tomorrow we want you to try this as an uh, um a kind of guided imagery and imaginal journal exercise with a few of your favorite clients okay so yeah we know it's not going to be perfect but it will be starting a starting point and as soon as you open your practice and start to see clients, make this part of your regular therapeutic process and hone your practice as you go. So if you're not seeing clients, close your eyes and imagine that client talking to you. And what do you remember that they've said about their work with you in the past? Um, what if I'm already practicing informed treatment, um, feedback informed treatment, or using end of therapy survey, the SRS or the ORS? We say that's awesome. We love to hear that. We just want to challenge you to delve deeper into this conversation um, because we want to get some language and languaging too, in order for you to use in your marketing. Um, and it's just another way to do feedback informed treatment. And we'll also show you how to to translate this data into multiple points of your marketing plan. Um, someone asked, "Do we need to ask all of these questions, or do we ask a selective few of them?" I mean, it's a natural conversation, um, but we do want you to get to the point where you could ask all of them over the course of time. You may find that there is a question that hit, strikes a nerve and you can go very deep with, but please make room for permission for the negative feedback piece. Please don't gloss over those questions. Um, I think they are important.
1: I know that every one of those questions is going in later points <laughs> of our of our training, so if you don't get the answers now, you're still going to need the answers to to implement the material, right? So, and this is the biggest. What if I get negative feedback? I implemented an online version of the SRS and ORS, the the scale that Scott Miller uses in my trauma practice. I struggled sometimes with remembering to do the paper and pen version, and making time for it. So when they developed an online portal, I was excited to see if this would process. My client that I've been working deeply with for over a year at this point filled out the form at the close of session. The online program would give recommendations based on the client's score. That day, the client put like a six and a half or a seven out of 10, not great, but not terrible. And the result said something like, based on your scores, it looks like you are considering discontinuing therapy this is a great thing to talk to your therapist about the client was stunned and said they had an appointment with a new therapist to try out a few days later and they didn't know how to bring it up. Now I was surprised that they had something scheduled, but not that surprised because I had had these outcome conversations with my clients frequently. I knew that I was giving the treatment was that was the very best for the client, but it was at odds with the client's goals. I'm very client centered, But y'all know sometimes these things happen. What the client really wants and what's appropriate based on their level of functioning, their trauma history, support, et cetera, may not quite align yet. I loved working with the client but also was very supportive of them exploring. They moved on to the other therapist. The therapy closed with respect and joy. And because I had a great marketing and clinical confidence, it didn't scare me or rock me when the client left. Several years later, I received an email from the client who said, they were just so thankful for the work they did. They understand, understood why I he held the space the way I did and that they had gotten excellent treatment and outcomes from our work together and from the subsequent work. Even outcomes conversations that lead to transfers or terminations can be clinically powerful and appropriate. And these are the exceptions. Most conversations lead to more engagement in therapy, more consistent attendance, fewer early withdrawals, and better outcomes and all of that leads to a more stable business.
0: But there's more to this that you need to know about having an ethical marketing plan that works for your practice. So who wants to learn how to take these outcome conversations and then use them to bring in the right clients through your website or your directory listing or whether wherever you're visible to compel them to call you and have them ready to schedule with you. Yes. I said type yes in the chat, and it's already happening. (laughs) In tomorrow's training, we're going to cover how to take those outcome conversation results, and we're going to put them into our step-by-step formula for creating a compelling message. That really does work on attracting those ideal clients that you get great outcomes with. We really want to encourage you to come to that training live, if at all, Um, If you can, if not, we will have a replay. But when you come live, you're more likely to do the thing if you listen live. And we want to bring you together with this amazing inspiring community. I mean, this is really fun. Look at the chat. I know there's been some tech issues, but you guys have powered through with us today. And we know that um, you want to take action now, not later, because people need you. And we always love bribing people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, with a $50 Amazon gift card. In fact, we have one of those to give away uh, right now for someone who is here live who did their pre work. So every time that you do the work before the uh, masterclass, we um, have our assistant doing a randomizer and <laughs> we'll be giving out the $50 gift card um so for those of you who did your pre-work and posted why you're here over in the free private practice community you were entered into that bonus drawing Um, so be sure to take five minutes and post your homework so it makes the odds pretty good depending on how many people participate
1: all right (laughs) here is our here's our person i can't tell if they're here live there's something weird happening on the back end but Safriana de Grote.
0: Oh, Safriana is here.
1: <laughs> you are the winner. Congratulations.
0: I hope, I hope we're saying your name properly. I'm sorry if we're we're not, we will work on that. So every time so you're yes, so you got an email that gave you instructions to go into the community and you just were supposed to post make a post, but today you're going to go have an outcomes conversation. So you're going to go to the classroom, and there is some um, uh, there's some homework for you. You're going to download this conversation script. And don't forget, you guys, congrats, Safriana. We are giving away $1,000 to one lucky live attendee this Friday, but you definitely have to be live for that. Um, so that'll be fun we're excited to do something fun for all of you guys it's our 10th birthday our 10th anniversary I don't know anniversary birthday so we're just trying to have some fun with it and it's Um, been a year like no other
1: it (laughs) is and (laughs) it's also Kelly Higdon's birthday on (laughs) Friday so we're also celebrating that how cool is
0: that I like giving away money on my birthday. And we're also going to give away in- one entry to the Business School Bootcamp for Therapists on that Friday as well. Um, that I see a lot of you boot campers in here. I love you all. Uh, it teaches you how to create a profitable, happy, streamlined group or solo practice that changes lives, improves outcomes, and leaves time for a life that you love. So if you want to in- who wants to win an entry to boot camp? Who doesn't want to be part of this beautiful community, right? So let's talk about something that everybody who listens to this recording and who is here live gets. So Aspira CE is generously donating a code. Now, if you've used this code before, um, you cannot reuse it. But if you've never done Aspira and done this code, um, you get three free CEs for attending the entire master class. So how cool is that? Um, They have APA, MBCC, and more, and they have four telehealth courses right now if you're struggling with your telehealth stuff. Um, Go and check out Aspira CE, and um, you can access the material there. They also provide CEs for a business school boot camp. Did you know that you could get CEs for working on your business? That's the best. We started that this year, and we're just thrilled to partner with them. And you can easily see all the information you need at this moment like does it cover my license or where i am you know uh we have all of that they have that on their website so um you can go to a spirit and use that code all right so you all get three ce's for this show up for the whole week which would be awesome but right now we want to know a little more about you what does having a clear understanding of what you do well and a marketing plan that tracks the right clients for your skills. What does it mean for your business and for you as a clinician and a human being? Tell us in the comments. We're going to be um, posting that script for you today in our online community, in the classroom. We want you to share this and invite your friends. Um, And the more that we all support each other and push each other for better clinical outcomes, How could that not be a win for our field as a whole and for each other? Right. Yes, it builds your practice. It's going to build your confidence. So we talked about all the many reasons why outcomes are the cornerstone to creating an amazing marketing plan. You know, that tracking outcomes and integrating feedback in your work improves your outcomes with clients. You understand that knowing how you work and what you get and how you work and what gets great outcomes is the first step in creating a marketing message and plan that allows you to attract, retain, and get great outcomes with ideal clients for you and your practice. You've learned a simple conversation that you can have with your very next client and how to use that conversation to immediately engage your clients. Your next step is to go into our free online community, download the script, use it in your next session, and if you don't have a session between now and tomorrow, go through the exercises of thought journal based on what past clients have told you then come back tomorrow and let us know how it went so you can be entered into the drawing for another Amazon gift card yes yes so under the wire in an hour if you got to go we totally understand we'll see you tomorrow but we have some time to answer questions which we are happy to do We will give priority to questions you have about how to integrate these outcome conversations into your private practice, but we'll do our best to get to all the questions because there are 34. That's (laughs) That's
1: amazing. It means you guys are really thinking about this process um oh i love this i love this. this is going so glad you're recommending the outcomes research right it's so good for research even studying your own performance it's such a um such a cool thing <sighs> oh my goodness gracious such a good day so again we'll go into the into the um into these questions as a new practice i'd love to hear about attracting and securing clients so as we said, the best way to attract and secure clients is to understand who you are, what kind of work you do, and how you do your best work. So start from this place of digging in to previous sessions or with any current clients you have so that you know who you want to attract and what they, how they would describe themselves. And we'll show you how to translate that tomorrow. Um. Being we are in a recession, is it wise to diversify our practice, maybe by adding teaching or supervision, or rather to hone in and specialize in our therapy advertising? Mm
0: -hmm. I really believe that before we add more, because when we add, we divert our attention and our energy, make sure that what you have so far that you've created is maximized, that you are doing as much, you know, that you are. Integrating these outcomes that your marketing is on point that you understand what's happening in this first business Before you add another arm to that business because it can kind of uh, (laughs) Distract you that said I will say for some of you um, You do not have uh, The privileges that others do and you may need to have a supplemental job if you are in the process of shoring up your business and you don't have the resources so i'm never going to say don't do this or don't do that i'm going to always say it depends on your situation and what's best for you however we don't recommend adding in a product or something like that if the original hub of the business the foundation is not solid um it's going to make all of those other efforts 10 times more harder harder Yeah. yeah grammar
1: how how have people been successful networking with other professionals like medical professionals during the pandemic? So on Thursday, we're going to be digging into very specific um, case studies and even numbers. So, Hey, this is how many people, not just that have been referred, but how many people were like scheduled, like, Hey, I got six new clients in the last two weeks, the last four weeks. And here's exactly how I did that. And we'll talk about why for some people Certain marketing strategies work much better than others so that you can and, and we'll show you how to fix because there are a million ways to market right now that could be effective to you in particular and to your clients and also all of those things could not be effective to you. So it's always about how to choose and we're going to show you how to do that but you want to know who your clients are first. Because when we meet tomorrow, we're going to be talking, and and Thursday, talking about how to take that information and translate it into an actual marketing plan and marketing message. This is the same thing with leveraging social media to attract clients. It's the same thing, guys. You really have to know who your clients are and where they're at to leverage, you have to have a clear marketing message. So we're gonna be digging into marketing message and then how to determine where to use that marketing message in the next two days.
0: The reason why we do this outcomes conversation is a lot of you are not speaking to the brilliance that happens in the room. You are not holding on to what really sets you apart, what is therapy and knowing that when I do X, it shifts the outcomes in this direction, right? And when you start knowing that more, you can speak more confidently and then clients can make better decisions, whether that's they find you on social media, a website, their doctor refers or any of that.
1: Do you recommend sending these questions out quarterly on something like SurveyMonkey or do you believe that this should be something each client discusses personally with you, I have to leave now. So um, how can I possibly get this answer? So two parts. So one is yes, this is a relationship, it needs to be face to face or zoom to zoom or even phone to phone is fine. This is not the same as a survey monkey. That's something different. SOS and ORS. Those are things that you can do in like a translated way. But even that they don't recommend that you do them as an uh, after the fact place, it's something that you need to do in the moment, which is important also for all of you when you're posting questions. This is one of the reasons that we use Crowdcast in particular. This is actually recording this answer. So when this person comes back, they can click on the question and it will fast forward them to the answer, which is so cool. So even though it's a little bit different than zoom, um, we use that because we love that particular feature. Let's see, and heading into session, where can I quickly download those questions? So there's a green button in the middle of the screen. We've also shared in the chat several times where the link is, it's in our online classroom in Mighty Networks um, where you can get all the information and it's also the place where you'll comment to enter the drawing. Oh, should outcomes questions take place with children too or their parents?
0: Okay, so when you download that questionnaire, and I just messaged my assistant to make sure that you guys can access the the thing, because it should be on there. But we do give some recommendations if you're working with kids. Um, It depends on the age of the child. It is okay to ask um, children in in an age-appropriate way of, like, um, what they notice that's different, things like that. But We do recommend having this conversation with their caretaker, their primary caregiver, (laughs) um, whether that be a bio parent or foster, whatever the situation is, um, because um, at the end of the day, um, you are treating that whole family. And um, sometimes the children cannot express depending on where they are developmentally. If you have a teen, I think you can have these conversations with teens for sure. Uh, But younger kids, it can be a little different, but definitely with the parent.
1: Could you give more information about how you integrated the SRS and ORS into a computer-based tool? So there's something called outcomes.com, and they have a couple. It's a little different now. It's kind of broken into two pieces. But it is a, a web-based tool. It's a subscription-based tool. And at the highest level, it doesn't just take the information in and give you feedback. It actually compares your results to other therapists. So you can see, am I in this median? Am I in the top 25%? You can see that you, can, you have something to kind of move, move up the, the chain in terms of improving your outcomes as a therapist, which is really cool. So I put that into the chat as well, myoutcomes.com. Um, Robin D'Angelo, um, who's watching us on Facebook asks, how soon after a client starts, is it most effective to start this convo?
0: I really think that from the initial consult that you have with a client, you prepare them that you will be having this conversation saying, you know what, the outcome of this, of your investment in this work is very important to me. And throughout the time that we're meeting i will be checking in with you now if you have the srs or you know you use my outcomes or those kinds of things you can tell them how that works But we still want you to have the conversation so i always like to do after the first session kind of a check-in of what has this been like what did you notice after the first session i get in, in a little bit more of a shorter version after that first conversation, then six to eight weeks typically can be good or a quarter. But depending how often you see people three months, max, um, have that conversation fully of saying, I want to check in with you. We've been meeting, you know, six sessions, 12 sessions sort of thing.
1: Yeah. And I would, I always ask the question at the end, um, and give it time for it. How was this for you today? And is there anything we could have done or shifted to make today better? And and I asked it in a very like authentic way and you'd be surprised how often clients would say like, oh, actually I was expecting more of this and like it gives room to like have the conversation. Um, but again, don't be afraid to ask that question. I still ask that question in my coaching sessions as well because I find it to be so valuable and finding out like things like you were, drinking too loud or like you were eating some a snack and it really bothered me i want to know that versus i have clients where it's not a big deal if we're sitting over zoom and you know i need a little snacky snack so and the other thing
0: too is i always made it habit at the uh, the next session to say what did you notice after you left the office in your body um and your mood af- immediately after the session So you guys, if you're trying to access the stuff and you've never been in the classroom before, our assistant has to let you in. And there's directions in each lesson of where to post and everything. So
1: yeah. Once we get through this first one, it will be so much easier. Yes. Um, now, I want to a- answer this question just um, for someone that's listening to recording. If you are having a lot of issues, Kelly's in a whole d- different place than I am, right? And I'm in a whole different place than she is. So if we can hear each other, right? And our assistant is in a whole different place that's over, that's watching over everything. Our audio is all internet based. So we can all hear each other, the three of us in three different locations. So we know that like it's there. The issue is the internet where you're at. So if you're in a place where it's spotty internet, you're sharing with a lot of people um, because this is something that is video based, you may wanna find another place that has better internet for tomorrow or you may want to try hotspotting or um, even putting in physically into your space. The, this platform, just like Zoom, is dependent on you having a, a decent internet access, okay? Um, sorry, we have so many great questions, but some of them are really random. I don't
0: know
1: you pick. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like trying to go through and delete. Oh, this is an interesting question. So I'm going to throw this to Kelly. What about family understanding? Because private practice is not a quote, regular job.
0: (laughs) Are you talking about how every Thanksgiving my uncle's like, have you applied to the VA? Have you thought about applying to the
1: VA?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's okay. Um, Other people understand. And you have a whole room in here, Gail, who understands. And I don't want a regular job. I want something that is wholly unique that I have control over and the ability to create with. So I think there's a lot we talk about in terms of the committee of like whose opinion matters and grieving the loss of some of those people who aren't supportive. I'm sorry that they don't understand. But when you can get confident about your why and your purpose, sometimes those voices and those opinions start to lose um, their power. I know people like, when I left the county, for example, a lot of my peers, and some of you may be in here, um, I'm fully aware of that. Uh, they all told me like, no, private practice is something you do as a side gig. It's never going to give you a full income. And um, nobody was really supportive of it. It was like, oh, that's a cute, cute dream or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when I talk to people. Um, and people have been with the county like 25 years or whatever. And I think part of it is people want you to feel secure. They want you to be okay. But then they also are projecting their own fears on you. And so it's a lot of muck to sort through. So just being clear on your why is important, grieving the loss of that support, and remembering that there are a lot of us out here who know that we don't want regular jobs, that this is the new regular and it's, and it's
1: wonderful. So Sarah says, how do I market online? I'm not good at videos or keeping consistent content. So this is the piece that we're going to be showing you through this whole week process is that you don't have to do all the things. Part of what happens for a lot of us is we try to This person's doing vlogs, and this person's doing blogging, and this person's doing Facebook lives, and this person's doing that, and networking, and doing all these crazy things. And then we try to do all the things, and it doesn't fit our personality. It's not where our clients are. We're not sure what to talk about, and our potential clients need to hear. So we're going to be taking this information and data and using it to actually determine a, what you need to say, like what is the message that needs to get out into the world? And then B, like how to actually get that message out into the world. So I know that it feels like frustrating moment. Like, why are they, why don't they just give us a list of like 72 ways to market? Well, you can listen to a ton of blogs and podcasts and other things that will just give you a list of a hundred things to market. But if you don't know the why behind it, you'll find that it's not effective, And again, we'll be digging into that in more places. Um, Oh, um, I think this is a good question. So as we're talking about outcomes, is it advisable to get clients to write testimonials in exchange for a session since we're just, like if you're just starting out or even if you've been in, session for a while. This is Clarita. I'm not sure where you're located. So uh, Kelly will integrate that
0: in as well. I will say um, some rules are changing in terms of testimonials, depending on your, your board and your licensure type and where you're located. But I would never do an exchange. Um, There's a power differential there. Um, And let your work speak for itself is my encouragement to you. If anything, I would be a person um, who I tell my I had in my informed consent, like, yes, you will see like my business located on Yelp and these other directories. Whenever you write a review, you are disclosing and uh, you're revealing our relationship. That power is in your hands, but just be aware of what you're doing. And we, we would talk about that. So I like to personally, I don't. I just let my client's experience and change in the world speak for itself to refer. And then I work on testimonials in terms of with my colleagues and people that I would partner with in um, a professional level.
1: Awesome. And for those of you that have to go, like, we love you. And you can always come back and listen to answers as well. I have a complex PSD client. We've been doing regular outcomes questions. The client has been stating that they're they're noting good change. My sense is we um we're in the in the middle of things. At the last bow, she brought up some new issues. How do I approach chasing focus? She said this is going so well. Can we now work on this, or is that going too long? So this is this is obviously a clinical consultation um, question. But I think this brings up a good point of is it okay. When you're doing these outcomes conversation if more material comes up to shift focus yeah it's okay this actually often happens when people's progress and they feel the progress and they you get to a point and you wrap that up that they say you know what i'd really also like to work on this this has been so beneficial for me and so then you sit and kind of recommit make the transitions that you need to make transition and dig into that other piece sometimes those transitions mean transitioning out to another person but I worked with clients for years. I'm sure Kelly did as well. Um, that is a natural thing when you built that relationship. When we refer out um, or when we stop therapy is when people stop progressing or when they're using therapy for something that it was not meant to be used for. Right? Therapy no. should not be... Go ahead.
0: Oh, no. I think it's... The, the, the other thing I wanted to point out is sometimes clients... May want to do something, but you may have outcomes information that shows. For example, we have clients track their retention rates in boot camp, and I have a client who discovered on her um, co-parenting counseling. So these are specific service that they never made it to the sixth session, that they would drop out around four or five. So what we did is we changed the informed consent to say. In order to get through this, co- it's a court-ordered kind of thing. They need eight to 10. You need. It's going to be a 10-session process. Around session four or six, you are going to want to drop out and quit. And the moment she started doing that in her informed consent, her retention went way up because they were prepared and they knew what it took. So this is a question, too, of tracking your outcomes and knowing like, hey, you're going to feel good. And you may feel like, why are we still talking about this? But in my experience, if we are to change, regression could happen. So we're gonna stick with it two to three. So there's a little bit of that conversation too, of like, if you know your clinical process, does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. I just tested Um, the link, everything is working, so.
1: Yeah, so when people are saying the link doesn't take you right to the, the free PDF, so the link takes you into the classroom you do need to be logged into the classroom so if you haven't logged in today if you haven't made an account you will need to make an account once you log in if you click the link again it'll take you right to the whole information now we have it so you can download the P- not even a pdf it's a google doc so you can actually go in and tweak it and edit it for yourself you can make a copy for your own records and keep it there we found that those work way better than PDFs um, for your needs. So you're not having to recreate the wheel. Um, but you, and you'll also see, you don't even have to do that. It's right there in the, in the homework assignment content. as well, in the content. So we have two different ways. You can copy it into Google Docs. You can just see it. You can copy and paste it. Like there's a thousand different ways to do it, um, okay. but do make sure you're logged in there. I have to run to the restroom. Um, like terribly. So Kelly's going to take over with questions for a second. Okay, I just
0: can't hit record on them. (laughs) So the homework is in the link. See this green button that's below our faces. If you click there, join the classroom. It's totally free. It has all of our other trainings in it too down the road if you want to do those, but that is where you'll get the homework. All right. So, um, there is a question posted. Um, let's see. Um, If you haven't seen clients yet and are just graduating from school, how can we learn about our outcomes? So I would think if you are um, graduating, you've at least had some practicum experience, Peter, and in that practicum experience, reflect on what clients have said about you uh, and their experience in session. You can also talk to supervisors to get a sense of what, they're, what they feel about you as your strengths or areas you need to work on as well. So having conversations in your practicum and with people who know you clinically and have um, worked with you um, in a clinical way. Um, Jennifer, let me tell Miranda what I just did. Um, I just answered Peter's question. So if we haven't seen clients yet, if you wanna. Hey,
1: Peter, the answer is right before this. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Jennifer, can you post your question in the question section? All right.
1: Um, my, I have a website that is pretty comprehensive, but I can't attract any interest. As we go through process, you're going to get clarity tomorrow as to whether the message is connected. And then on Thursday, we'll be digging in into um, things that will be real. So one, we'll be talking about our, our how are you getting your message out. So just putting a website, just one piece of it. And the second thing that we'll be doing is you're going to be doing an assessment where you're going to self-assess what's happened with your, your website and your online marketing. And you might actually get some very particular clarity um, because just putting a website up is not the piece. but. We will also be sharing some stories of like people who've done websites and in six weeks, they're getting referrals from it. So it's, a, it's important to like understand um, the nuance of the, the technology behind all of that. Um, I think it will help. I think it will help restart my practice since the pandemic began. As a long-term therapist, any suggestions about how to reboot?
0: I'm just, I don't know if that means a complete,
1: like I'm just starting a business or it just means I need to feel refreshed. I was, I was kind of curious too. So Myrna, maybe you can let us know, but I think there's a piece of honestly, whether you're starting fresh or you're just rebooting, this is the place to start. Start with those clinical outcomes, sit down, do the journaling exercise, or if you're working with clients, do this exercise, this is going to give you clarity on what you're needing we also have other trainings. We have a private practice challenge in that classroom as well that can help if you're just kind of starting from scratch or, st- or need to do a full reboot um, going through the process. But yeah, start here. Start with the clients always. Oh, she would like to feel refreshed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think, like I said, what happened to me clinically is you just kind of get in this routine and this can help break that routine if that reflection i mean um when's the last time you really reflected on your work and thought back to all the people that you've impacted i think that would be very powerful mirna
1: so how do i determine who my ideal client is we're going to be talking more about that tomorrow And we'll also be linking out to a whole training, like a whole hour training on that particular topic too, if you want to dig deeper in. So we'll be getting into that piece. Um, I'm so on board with this. I've been getting ready to learn and use FIT, the feedback informed um, therapy for quite a while, but Scott Miller research shows it actually usually takes on two and a half years of using fit before clinicians outcomes consistently improve right so super curious about how i might use it to market now so here's the piece we're not talking so we talk about his like what he's doing we're basing this on our like taking his like big research and then how we've been teaching this anecdotally with our clients and clinicians people that have come to these marketing masterclasses, people that are within our bootcamp and seeing how they are reporting feedback from their client while this is like impacting and making shift and change right now. So that's different than like the level of research that he does through his process. Um, We also, what we're doing is a little bit different in terms of we go deeper into people's private practices and the makeup of their business to look at the systemic issues. Right. So there's some systemic issues sometimes in terms of you getting great outcomes if you're seeing too many clients, um, if your sessions are constantly running over, if you're not having clear boundaries, if you're not making enough money, if you're working three jobs, like there's a lot of things that can be involved that could be impacting your ability to progress um, at a, a fast enough rate. And so we really prime it through everything that we teach, whether it's our free classes or a camp. we prime and we look at the whole systemic place of how can we change the system to support you in making change. And we hear from our clients again and again, that it makes a huge difference. We also obviously Scott isn't talking about your niche necessarily, or how to market, how to attract those right clients. It's just a different thing. So we're just, we're taking some of what he does and that we love and, fully your support and then just looking at it for, through a little different lens and a little bit more systemically. Um, oh, this question, I got, I, I probably, uh, our uh, admin was out yesterday, so I was manning the emails and I probably sent this answer out to like 50 times. What if I have a session during one of the scheduled live things and I cannot, cannot, cannot be there live? Totally okay. Everything will be recorded. You can access it. The one piece is you can't win the $1,000. You can't win the boot. camp, You can't win the Amazon things. So if you are going to reschedule a session, I would do the Friday one. <laughs> um, what other questions on here do you want to... I know we just have like another minute. What do you want to do as the final question, Kelly?
0: Um... I don't know just pick one
1: (laughs) okay what is the homework if you're not seeing clients i
0: already answered in the chat on that one is that perfect if you've seen clients in the past you do a reflection exercise you can also speak with clinical supervisors to get feedback on what they see in terms of your skills and outcomes but do it as an a guided kind of imagery
1: yes okay so Yes, I saw a question just in the comments of will the comments still be here? Yes. So this is kind of funny thing um, that I will say that's a cool thing about this series. It's all kind of here at this link. And each day in your email, you're going to get the link for next day's training. But there'll also be a thing at the bottom saying, hey, if you missed something, here's the link to yesterday's thing. So if you have to go right now, you can always go and click on that link and go back and see the comments. The comments will be up and around for the next like month or so because um, there's so much great information. <sighs> so what did you get out of today? Like I want to hear inside of, the, um, inside of the chat, What? how was this impactful? Um, you know, was this something like, was, was this what you always um, didn't know you really needed <laughs> through that process. Um, we would love to hear from you all about that process. Um, and again, click on the link. There's a little green button, um, where you can click to go into the classroom and grab the information. If you're super duper stuck, you can help at com, and our admin can get back to you um and no it's sometimes it takes a minute so don't like be like and i didn't get a response within two seconds we're a small company guys like we're a small hello team. Uh, yeah it's <laughs> us and like another person and like we're just real people that are both homeschooling our kids this is my son's first day as a freshman in high school so i am super excited to go and like peek and see how he's been doing we did a bunch of prep last night we're real people living in a real issue with like shutdowns and and what have you so we're going through that process so <sighs> thank you guys again thank for you for being, being here, here last see you tomorrow go do your tomorrow. homework have those conversations let's give you some money for amazon tomorrow supposed in there help at Zinni Mae if you're totally stuck otherwise we'll see you tomorrow bye bye guys Thanks so much for listening. Hope you go and check out the show notes to go and get all your freebies, downloads, and to join our free, amazing private practice community. It will be so lovely to engage with you there and get to know you and your practice and how we can help you take it to that next level.
0: I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, Don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinimi.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.